God we are continuing on this morning. Amen. Uh, in, and we laid a pretty good foundation on last week, but I want to continue laying a foundation, continuing this week. Don't limit God. Hallelujah. Text is found in uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, and also in, excuse me, <coughs> Uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 78, verse 41. So here we are. You would open your Bibles to Numbers, chapter 13, verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Yeah. And then here in Psalms, chapter 78 and verse 41. Yea, they turned back and tipped God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So your, excuse me, for your consideration again on this morning, don't limit God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to come back to these, uh, these, these scriptures here that are, that are in the text in just a little bit. So in this world, we, as, as we, we just see what's going on around us, you know, no matter where you turn and no matter where you look, you know, there's always, you know, a, a, a message of doom and gloom and, 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 and all of those things. You know, you turn on the, the news to try to, to, try to get the, the, uh, the sports uh, scores or, or the weather and, you know, there's, there, there's something that's detrimental or negative even in those things as well. But one of the things that I've learned in my short time on this earth is that uh, in this world, evil often gets to say much more than goodness does. Yeah. You think about it, it is so. The news media has more time for unbelief yeah. than faith. Yeah. Even, even, even the libraries and the schools uh, will have more books supporting unbelief than faith. Uh -huh. Yeah. Unbelief overlooks the promises and the power of God. It magnifies every danger and difficulty and fills the heart with discouragement. Now, unfortunately, there, there are quote-unquote, alleged people of faith who, who view everything from a dismal point of view. Yeah. I'm sure you know somebody like that. I know somebody like that. Amen. There are people that emphasize the negatives in life. They are always looking at their burdens and, and not their blessings. Right. Yeah, they're the people that give consideration to their possibilities, but most of their consideration is for their problems. They, they, they're always looking at the problems and not at the promises of God. But little do these types of people, do they know that they will never get into any promised land of blessings if they continue in that negativity and limiting the blessings and the promises of God in their lives? They're, those are the people that are always forever going to live in the wilderness. None of us want to live in the wilderness, do we? 
They're the same people that oppose every advancement and every blessing that you get as a true believer. And they discourage people on every hand from pursuing any difficult endeavor. Because they say, I don't know why you're doing that. Boy, that looks too hard. If I was you, I wouldn't get involved. I wouldn't do that. Numbers chapter 13, verse 31. Here's what it says. We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So this is talking and giving us the account of the children of Israel. And we're going to go a little further with it here in just a minute, where they were uh, camped out at Kadesh Barnea, and they were right there on the edge at the border of the promised land. And they had some folk, they, they, they took people out of every tribe that they had, and there were 12 spies, as we know. Joshua and Caleb amongst those spies, and they had a majority that were, had a negative report, and then there was a minority that had that positive report. So those people that were making that negative report insisted that Israel couldn't go in and conquer the land. Mm-hmm. And they left out God and didn't consider his past works and all these things that God had done for them. But here's my thing, people of God, when you leave God out, you come up with every negative conclusion in your life when you leave God out. But you see, it is the devil's job to turn that and make you think because you left God out, now everything in your life's going to be all right. Not so. So I want you today... I want you to be aware of those people who, who, whose talk is contradictory, whose advice and counsel to you is always contradictory and goes against, what's, and goes against what God has already said for you. Let me give you an example, and I was thinking about this, uh, you know, as I was thinking about the messenger, and, and I was thinking about that, you know, and I always go back in my mind and say, man, oh man, I'd love to be this, and I'd love to be that, and I think today, even though there's a lot of negativity going on, I think that I would have loved to have been a politician. But here it is, politicians are always famous for, 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 for having contradictory talk. What do I mean by that? I mean that they talk out of both sides of their mouths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they tell us that, well, you know, we're, the country is in financial difficulty right now. But then out of the other side of, they, out of their mouth, then they advocate spending that says the country is well able and financially well off. Yeah. Talking out of both sides of their mouth being contradictory. But unfortunately... People listen to those folk more than good people, and they end up despising that which is good, and they lose much of the blessings that God has for them in their life for that particular reason. Mm. There's always right, and there's always wrong. Error sometimes, error at, at all times. Error, now here's one thing about error, when people are in error, when they miss misinformed when they're, when, when they're ill-informed and all of those things. But error always needs confusion to advance its cause. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so whenever there's a whole lot of confusion, you know, and, 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 and things are awry, that's when the enemy will come in. 
You know, the Bible says when the enemy comes against you, when he comes in with all of his confusion, like a flood, it's during that time that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy. But when people become still, and they don't allow error and confusion to come in, when they become still and they begin to kind of think, then they make better choices. Isn't it that way in your life? Sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have something that comes at you and you're not quite sure exactly what you want to do. You can't make that snap decision. And you'll say, well, just let me think about it. You know, just give me a minute. Let me collect my thoughts. Let me, let me go to my, my wonderful counselor, my almighty God, and, and let me go talk to him. And then I'll get back to you. So when we do that, then we're able to make a better choice. We're able to make the right choice and not get caught up in error. So in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it illustrates that because the writer says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. He will be exalted in every situation and circumstance if your life, if you don't limit him. As people of God, our faith, we have to have courage to obey God. It takes courage to obey God, people of God. But unbelief doesn't take any courage. You, it's, it's, it's amazing when you talk to people and they tell you, well, are you a believer? Yes, I'm a believer. Are you a person of faith? Yes, I'm a person of faith. Are you, quote, unquote, we don't hear this anymore because it's now kind of not nouveau. You know, are you saved? Are you sanctified on your Holy Ghost for all of that? Yes. Yeah, all of that, too. But, you know, that conversation in that way, are you believing? Do you go to church? Are you a church person? You know, that seems to be in vogue today. But it's always been from, from, from early on until this point in time, Christians are perceived as weaklings who lack courage and are afraid of their own shadows. But the truth of the matter is that it takes great courage to live a Christian life. It takes great courage to live a life of faith, people of God. But now the cowards, the people that, are, that we're reading about that are set forth in this text here, in Numbers chapter 13, were those of the majority who wilted at the thought of going against the opposition in the promised land. But I want to tell you today, faith never wilts. Lettuce wilts. You know, and, and all other kind of stuff wilts, but faith never wilts. It, <laughs> it never wilts. Faith always has the courage to obey God, regardless of what the circumstances are. Talked about that on last week. Well, due to the circumstances, well, under the circumstances, if my circumstances would allow me to do this or that, then maybe I'll do it. But right now, I'm just not able. But as people of faith, our faith should always consider potentialities and know that we have victory with God and that victory in our cause is always certain. But now, the minority people, these, the, the minority report saw the problems 
two men, Joshua and Caleb. They were in the minority. They also saw the problems that the majority of the other ten saw. But they also saw the power of God. Hallelujah. The majority report of unbelief left out God and focused instead upon themselves and their problems. And again, I want to tell you that faith always, always has the best outlook on life. Hallelujah. When, 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 when someone robs a bank, they sometimes take a hostage. And a bank usually has all kind of powerful uh, security and locks and alarms and, and vaults and cameras and armed guards and all those kinds of things. So one person with a gun isn't really sufficient to be able to go in there and overpower all of that security. But in spite of this, if that thief, if he grabs a hostage and puts a gun to the hostage's head, the thief knows that his or her demands will be met. And the people who run the bank aren't willing to see the hostage get killed, so they just, uh, they, they just give him some of the money and protect the rest. So one person with a gun and six bullets can challenge the far greater force of multiple guards that have automatic weapons and several cartridges in each. So technically, the thief shouldn't be able to overpower the security. But with a hostage, the thief is able to get away with the robbery. Yeah. Satan is a thief. I said it a few minutes ago, he came to steal, to kill, and destroy. Right. He is a thief. And if he can keep you hostage, yeah. in spite of what you know, word of God, you got it down on the inside. You got it committed to memory. You've got it committed to your heart. It's always in your mind. You're always muttering on the word of God. But if he can come in there and cause confusion and bring error to you and keep you hostage, he will get away with robbery when it comes to the things of God in your life. We know from the very beginning that Satan knew he couldn't overpower, overpower God in a direct confrontation. So what did he do? He took, he saw how God gave Adam and Eve in all the unconditional authority in the earth that they would ever need. If they of their own free will yielded to him, they would also that transfer that authority over to him as well. Satan. He saw that. He saw it and decided, well, I'm going to get what they have because if I can get what they have, if I can take the authority that they have and if I can use that against them and use it to my purposes, I'm going to make God look bad. I'm going to make them look bad and boy, am I going to be looking good. But you know what? As long as we give the authority that our Lord has given to us and we don't use it, then we are too limited in God in our lives. We have allowed again the devil to take us hostage. And we know that God is a spirit and that he gave that dominion over to this earth to physical human beings, did we not? Genesis 1 and 26 and verse 28 tells us that. So in doing all of that, <clears throat> 
This is what God did. He limited his own dominion and his own authority. And if we don't cooperate with what God wants us to do, we can limit God in the same way. Here's that scripture again in Psalm 78, verse 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And then in Mark chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, when Jesus was, came to his own town and when he dealt with his own, the Bible says that he could there do no mighty work because of what? Their unbelief. Their unbelief. Not his unbelief, but because of their unbelief. It's not that Jesus didn't want to do mighty works there. He couldn't do any mighty works because of the people's unbelief. Even the Lord Jesus had to have cooperation from people to release his power into their lives. You don't limit God. You cooperate with God. You give him the authority and the power to be able to release his power in your life, people of God. Quote, unquote, there aren't any religious people in here today, are they? If there are ushers, one, two, three, four, we've got four doors, not counting people. But there are four doors, pick a door, show them to the parking lot. Because religion says God is sovereign, he controls everything. And to a point that is true. But no, he really doesn't. God is sovereign. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the great I am. He is the alpha and omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the bright and morning star. He is the ancient of days. He's altogether lovely. He is all of that. But he doesn't control everything that happens on this earth. In a sense, uh, he doesn't have the power to limit everything and control everything here on this earth. He has the power, but he gave dominion in this earth over to, to, to us, to all of those people of God around. Uh-huh. But because of God's own integrity, yeah. hallelujah, he will not overstep that authority and violate his own word. Mm. Remember that. We heard it earlier. If God said it in, 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 in respect of God gave you a promise, if he said it to you, he's not going to, and if he said this is for you, he's not going to violate his word at all. He's going to do whatever it takes for you to get what he promised you in his word. But it's going to be up to you to receive it so stop limiting him. So here we are here in Numbers chapter 13. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I asked that question last week. Whose idea was it, was it to send in the spies? Was it the idea of God? Was it his thought to spy out the land? No, it wasn't. Because God had already spied out the land, but the people, the Israelites, they figured, well, we can't put this in God's hands. He's not here right now. We're here. We're going to have to deal with this situation no matter what. So we better send somebody in there to check it out. Ten spies had an evil report. Two believed God. But people can't name not one of the ten spies. If I went and asked each one of you, give me the name of one of those ten spies. But everybody 
knows the names of two of those ten, Joshua and Caleb. So here's a key. If you ever want to be forgotten in life, here's a key. If you ever want to be forgotten in history by your family, in the work of the kingdom, all you need to do is murmur and be cynical and be a doubter and be skeptical and be a critic. All you have to do is just sit back and say, well, this isn't right, and that's never going to happen. But on the other hand, all the men and women in congregations who leave an imprint on history are those people who say, we believe God will do great things for us. Hallelujah. The ten spies are the ones that saw the foes, but Joshua and Caleb were the two that saw the fruit. The ten spies saw the giants, but Joshua and Caleb looked and all they could, they saw the problems, but above that, they could see God. The ten spies saw the walls and their faith crumble, but Joshua and Caleb had enough faith and they knew that the walls would eventually crumble. Hallelujah. Said it last week, it is always a matter of perspective. Which hand do I have up, my left hand or my right hand? Okay, well, I don't have any up. Okay, do I have my left hand up or my right hand? All right, is it to your right or is it to your left? That's right, okay. And if I ask somebody else later on, and if I said, which hand do I have up, somebody else will tell me, no, he had his right hand up. It's all a matter of perspective. I've come to know that we'll always have faith in the things that we fear. Isn't that what happened to Job? The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Isn't that what he said? So the ten spies had faith in the giants because they feared those giants. But Joshua and Caleb feared God, and therefore they had faith in God. They had that reverential fear of God. No, oh, here comes God. Oh, let me go and hide like Adam and Eve did in the garden. But they feared they had reverential respect for God. They esteemed him highly. Anybody remember back in the day? Remember when Walt Disney used to come on, and, 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 and the Walt Disney, well, some of you were probably in, in, in church when Walt Disney was in. I remember he used to come on on Sunday nights and all, so I'm about, you know, and all that. And they, they would have series, and they would always show these, these nature shows, and they would be about, like sometimes they would have little bear cubs, you know, and they would show the bear cubs running and, you know, playing with, you know, with, with, with the mother, and, and it was just little darling things, and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Well, I saw one of those, uh, uh, those shows a few years, many years ago, I'm saying a few years back, and um, they had a mountain lion was headed towards this little bear cub, and it stood on its back legs. And that bear cub raised up its little paws, and he, he let forth a high-pitched growl. And, and the mountain lion immediately stopped in his tracks and turned around and ran away. Leaving that little bear cub thinking, ooh, wait, this is great. I am the man. Look what I did. And then 
when that camera panned back, it showed that standing behind that little bear was his mama, who was a huge grizzly bear. Look, don't mess with me. Look, I got that behind me. Don't you, uh-uh. No, no, no. Perspective. You can act like that. When you know that you know that you know that you know that somebody's got your back. We have a great big God, people of God, standing with us. He's with us. He's around us. He's behind us. And he makes any giant seem like a grasshopper in comparison. Glory be to God. So the spies lifted up their eyes to the giants, but Joshua and Caleb lifted up their eyes even higher, and they saw the Father. Don't be limited to what you see in front of you, people of God, but lift up your eyes just a little higher. As the writer said, look to the hills. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17. If thou shalt say in thine heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? So the Israelites limited God by, by, by saying that the other nations were mightier than they were. But God had already promised them absolute victory. But they wavered and they began to doubt the promise of God. So listen to me now. God only promised them victory. That's all he promised them. Didn't promise them anything else. People of God, not only has God promised us the victory, but he has already given us the victory. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 in the Message Bible. Hallelujah. We received the same promises as those people in the wilderness. But the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. That's verse 3. So remember that God said, exasperated, I vowed, they'll never get where they're going. God made that vow even though he'd finished his part before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. You see... <clears throat> The word didn't profit Israel. It didn't. Why was that so? Because they didn't mix faith with the word of God. They didn't believe in the word of God. Now, God has already done his part. And the interesting thing about that is when I was reading this account, the wilderness wanderings are a type of the daily struggles and trials and temptations and storms of life that doubters and unbelievers have to pass through in this life. But we're not of that. We're supposed to mix God's promises with our faith. God keeps renewing his promise. Hallelujah. It starts today. Hallelujah. Just as he did centuries ago. And that promise is yet alive here centuries later. So that tells me that God always means what he says, and he always does what he says he's going to do. All right. yeah. Hallelujah. Right. Now going forward, as I bring it to a conclusion today, the six areas that we're going to be dealing with here over the next several weeks. 
But I also like to call these six areas test, T-E-S-T-S, -T -S. all right? One of them is wrong beliefs. Wrong beliefs limit God. The cares of this world limit God in your life. The fear of risk will limit God in your life. The fear of man will limit God in your life. And believe it or not, the fear of success will limit God in your life. Most importantly, your imagination will limit the things that God wants to do in your life. Question to you today is, are you limiting what God wants to do for you or through you by comparing yourself to others? You want to be like other people with the same diseases and the same financial and emotional problems that they have? I want to tell you today, God flows through people. But he is yet able to fulfill his promises, even if it looks like they are humanly impossible. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.